Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Anything that you need to write down to get out of your head so you can focus, take a moment to do that. And really just be aware of what the Lord is doing in your life. We often talk about being grateful and appreciative. And when we start with that attitude, that attitude of gratitude, not for something innocuous, not for something that's unnamed, but specifically for something and something he's doing in your life, how he's changed your life, the very life he's given you. Not just, oh, because he saved me or he's God, but be specific. And if you don't have something to specifically be appreciative and grateful for, ask. Ask the Lord to reveal what it is he's been doing in your life. God is never harsh. He's never judgmental. He's already done that. All the harshness and judgmental, judgmentalism was all poured out on his son. So you and I, when we were raised in his son, We were raised with him to the Father's right hand. We don't need to wonder or question our position. We're in Christ. We're in God. Just as the Christ is in the Father, we are one. Don't try to figure these things out. Our mind, your mind, is in your soul. Your brain is in your body, but your mind is part of your soul. It's not part of your spirit. So your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, we're just now starting to see how the aspects of our soul function in their own natural setting, their supernatural setting, their soulical setting. So don't expect your soul, your mind, to comprehend spirit. That's why we rely on God to reveal, to make himself known, to reveal the direction he wants us to go, to reveal his purposes and his plans, to reveal his heart, because we our soul can't figure it out, can't comprehend, can't understand on our own. And this is where our soul gets into trouble. We try to draw a conclusion when God has only given us one piece of the puzzle. We we look at that 
that puzzle piece and we try to figure out, okay, this is what the whole puzzle looks like, when we don't even know how many pieces there are. So relax. Enjoy the pieces that he has given you without trying to figure out beyond. This is why it's important that you focus on your relationship with God at all times. Knowing him. Letting him do his work in your soul, in your mind, your will, in your emotions. Remember, he gave you the soul he wanted you to have. It's not broken, and he's not out to fix it. Now, it is wounded, and your soul does believe lies and is inherited we could say solically, genetically, it's inherited a skewed view of life. But God is the only one who can correct that view. God is the only one who can heal your soul and restore it. Our challenge is, in a lot of ways, just to stay out of that. There are things God wants us to be involved in. He does not want us to be, for instance, ignorant of the ways of our enemies. If we spend more of our time, energy, and effort into doing those things that God wants us to be focused on and keep our nose out of the business that God is focusing on, we'll all be much better off. We'll be able to experience the, the joy and the life and the freedom and the peace and the contentment that comes from walking with God, being one with him. So much of what we've learned about who God is and what he expects of us is based on other people's ideologies. Whether it's literature or government. And you and I, each we gravitate toward ideologies and beliefs that suit us, that, that match and, and fit our temperament, our own beliefs, even our woundedness. And there's a time for that. There's a time for everything. But when we take on the understanding that for our time here on this earth, God has things that we can experience and be involved in that we might not have as great of an advantage in whatever comes next. Now, you don't know what comes next. I don't know what comes next. We know we have these, you know, people have these heavenly experiences, and we don't know, you know, what that means. Just as, as without getting too far off track, we just don't know what came before. We don't know what comes after. Whether it's these experiences are 
based on a short period of time between experiences or whether it's something that God allows us to experience to prepare us for something else, we just don't know. And in a sense, it doesn't matter. What does matter is right now, for today, are you experiencing what God wants you to experience here on this earth? Now his, again, his purpose for you is that you would become one, spirit, soul, and body. Only he can do that. What we're talking about, when we start talking about the supernatural abilities and the supernatural realm and learning about how that works and how that functions, those are aspects of our life here on this earth that we can be expected to partake in because that's what God put us here for. That frees up his opportunity, gives him a free hand, a free reign to align our spirit, soul, and body, to remove the bad habits from our soul. You know, our soul, your soul wants to control its environment, control others, to control how it's rejected. There's only two kinds of people on this earth, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. You're going to be rejected. You're going to be hurt. It's part of being alive. Now, some have gone through a lot more than others, but I want you to understand that that's that's not between you and the world. That's between you and God. Either God is sovereign or he isn't. And we know one of the endlessly asked questions is, why why does bad things happen to good people? Why is there evil in the world, injustice? Why aren't things fair? Doesn't God want things fair? Shouldn't everything be holy and righteous? Well, go back to the Garden of Eden. Everything was going along pretty well. Here's Adam, and then God divided Adam into Adam and Eve, and they were doing fine. They were communing with God in the cool of the day. They were enjoying themselves immensely. But there was an aspect of their existence that they could not experience. And I think God's purpose that we keep on coming back to about the the gratitude, you can't experience gratitude without experiencing lack or disappointment or hurt. So our goal is to not avoid being hurt. It's about knowing how to go to God to get healed when you're discouraged to know how to go to God to get encouraged. Not the pastor, not the Bible, not your spouse, but how for you to go directly through your spirit to access 
whatever it is your soul is lacking. That's how we are restored, is we go to our source. So Adam and Eve had a great life. Everything was perfect. It was God himself that said, I can't let you go on like this. He's the one who introduced that ripple effect, that, you know, whether you want to call it the, the snake or the serpent or the devil or whatever, he introduced that. Nothing got, got by him and snuck into the garden and, and messed up his plans. It was always his intention that Adam and Eve would be lowered because they could not learn what they needed to learn living in bliss, living in a place where they had never known hurt. They had never known lack. They took God for granted. They took their relationship with God for granted. They took their spirit being nature for granted. They took their soul and their body. They took each other for granted. They took everything for granted because that's all they'd ever known. Now here, you and I, we're kind of the opposite. We're taking it for granted that we'll never get there, that we'll never be restored. We'll never have that sense of oneness with God. We'll, we won't experience the true nature of being one with God until we die and we're in heaven and we're facing him and he does whatever he does and answers all our questions. For some reason, so many of us figure that if God would just answer our questions, everything would be, would be fine. That it's the not knowing. It's the, and then again, you know, we, have, we get caught up in the mistakes we've made. And yet God isn't. You know, when we start talking, you know, God, why did you let me do this? Why did, why did this happen to me? He, he doesn't see things the way we see them. He just sees us being distracted by them. Right now, where you are right now is exactly where God wants you. And he's not all that interested in your circumstances. We always think, okay, in order to be in the center of God's will, we need to have known if we, you know, moved to the right house, we bought the right house, did we pick the right job, did we, you know, name our kids right, did, you know, whatever. We, we have this list of things that in order to be in the center of God's will, we have to have checked off all these little boxes. And really, because your spirit is one in him, you're in his will. It has nothing to do with your soul and nothing to do with your body. You can check off that center of God's will if you're in him. And if you're born again, you're in him. If you're not born again, you're in him. Because you can't be out of him. Again, we, we don't understand his sovereignty and we don't understand his purpose. We don't understand how much he loves us. So we emphasize so often here 
how important it is to spend time with him and let him reveal himself. You don't have to tell him what you need. We do have this big issue with the whole concept of prayer. It's sort of like, I don't know if you've ever sat back and started to really listen to what is being taught as prayer. It's a shopping list. Or it's a petition. You know, make your make your needs known unto God. You know what? He knows what your needs are. And the context of all those scriptures is always about turning to him instead of trying to do it yourself. So if we emphasize that, we're fine. Going to him with whatever it is is going on. Because you've got to remember, so many of the things that we're dealing with are... God's intent to to draw us to him. We talk about the three areas of our lives. That if there's struggles over and over again in those one of those or more of those areas, odds are God is trying to get your attention and you're resisting. Those areas are your health, your finances, and your relationships. If there's something that keeps to keep on losing your job, Something keeps on happening with your relationships. You keep on having health issues. Things you keep on having disasters in your in your finances. Any of the, any of those things, any areas where you keep on struggling, doesn't even have to be a big struggle. It can just be a constant worry or stress. Very often, that's God knocking on your door saying, let me come in and sup with you. I I need to talk to you. I want to be with you. And we keep on saying, okay, I'll take care of this myself. I'll try harder. I guess I haven't prayed enough. I'll get on a prayer chain. I guess I need to figure out what I'm supposed to pray for. And then if I pray it right and have enough people praying with me, if I pray hard enough and I pray and I fast and I humble myself, then God will show up and God will do what he's supposed to do. And really, it's all about relationship. We all have, we're all living in different circumstances. But it's the circumstances that God picked out just for you. So it's not about comparing your circumstances or getting out of your circumstances about saying thank you for his circumstances. Part of this is giving up our expectations, what we think we have a right to. You know, I'm a Christian. I have a right to this, 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 and this. We expect God to behave a certain way, to meet those expectations. Well, God is not obligated in any way to to meet your expectations. You can pray all you want about things. He is not obligated to answer your prayers. And it's best for us if we learn that pretty quick. Because all we do is contribute to our soul rising up against our spirit, rising up against God, telling God, no, I know better how you should do this. That's 
very often what prayers are. What prayer and fasting is about. Trying to force God. We think we can force God into doing what we want him to do. What we think he should do. What we know he should do. What he's told us he's going to do. And we're going to make him do it. Now, is there a time for for fasting? Absolutely. Is there a time for putting aside what we're doing and making ourselves available to him? Following through with commitments to him, anything. There's a time for everything with him. But it's not to change him. It's because there's something he wants to do in us. Now, as he conforms us to his likeness, to his image, he's doing it, remember. But as he does that, part of what he's going to do is he's going to increase our responsibilities in the supernatural realm. And we look at the supernatural realm in some respects as parallel to the natural realm. Your body relative to your soul. Your body, you have expectations that your hands work a certain way. That your, when you get up, when you stand up, certain things happen. When you start walking, certain things happen. You know, you don't even have to think about it anymore. When you reach for for a cup, you don't even think about it anymore. When you when you, when you wake up in the morning, you don't think about, okay, now I need to open my eyes. Now I need to get out of bed. Now I need to brush my teeth. You, there are certain things that come automatically. You don't have to think about how they work by reason of use. This is what you've always done. This is your experience, and it no longer is an effort. It becomes part of your physical being. Well, there's a parallel in the supernatural. And unfortunately, we've neglected to understand and embrace that just as, you know, if we treated our natural state of being the way we treat our supernatural state of being, we would never get out of bed. We would be ignorant. We would be ignorant of this world. We would be ignorant of this life. We would, our muscles would atrophy, our senses would atrophy, and we would physically die. Because we wouldn't eat, we wouldn't take care of ourselves, we wouldn't be in relationship with others, we wouldn't associate, we wouldn't be involved in this natural world, in the earth. Because that's what we're doing so often in the supernatural realm. We've relegated what goes on in the supernatural to being spiritual. And if it's spiritual, it's God's problem. Or we'll deal with it when we die. When it's just as important to live our supernatural lives as it is our natural lives. We take care of our body. We take care of our 
natural responsibilities, we are to take care of our soul and take care of our soulical responsibilities. It doesn't affect, it's not a competition with what's going on in your spirit. God's going to restore your soul while you're doing this, while you're learning how the supernatural realm works, how your soulical abilities function. You have certain natural talents. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can you have other physical traits and attributes that you value and maybe other people value. Maybe you're really intelligent. Maybe you can you're great with people. These are all things that you appreciate and value in the natural. There are things in your soul that have the same kinds of qualities. Now, you can focus on the negative things that, yes, your soul, it it does tend towards control. Your soul wants to maintain control. But God's going to deal with that. And he's going to arrange the circumstances to deal with it. You don't need to encourage him to fix you, to heal you. He wants to do it. Not because until he does, you can't be used by him. That's not his goal. He doesn't need your help with anything. He doesn't need your prayers in order to accomplish what he wants to do in your life or in your family or in your your community, in your world, your country, anything. He doesn't need your help. But he loves you. And part of loving you is putting you in situations where your soul will fail. Because we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. So when you experience failure, your first thing to do is ask, Lord, is that you? And this is why we're developing a habit of spending time with him. I'd much rather God to draw my attention to to things little by little than have to beat me over the head or have an angel beat me over the head with a bat. You're missing this. You're ignoring this. You're resisting this. And we can do that by developing habits. So we've been talking about the supernatural realm. And one of the simplest things you can do is as you spend time, if you haven't already learned about your own speaking in tongues, a prayer language, however you want to talk about it, however you want to term it, it's there. Start doing it. I I love the verse, I don't understand it, but Paul boasted, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, he thought that was important. I'm going to take his word for it. I think he was a pretty good, I think he had a pretty good handle on what the risen Christ had in mind for the future church. 
I think he had his act together. Now, I also remember that he, when he died, he thought he was a complete failure. So we certainly don't want to measure our success or failure based on what we see here on this earth. Paul was a great example of that. But we, if you already have that, your next step is asking for the interpretation. And tell the Lord that's what you're going to do. Start writing, writing it down. Have a pad of paper and a pencil ready, or pen, or if you have, you know, your digital or however you want to do it. But have an expectation that He's going to give you the interpretation of what you're speaking in tongues. Likewise, if you want dreams or you want to experience miracles, now we're going to start talking about some specifics because I think just as when we are learning how our body works, there is a progression. Before we can run, we walk. Before we walk, we crawl. Before we crawl, we just lay there and let other people take care of us. But we're not going to lay there and let other people take care of us anymore. We're going to at least start learning how to crawl and then pull ourselves up and then walk and then run. We're going to learn how the soul works. We're going to learn how the supernatural abilities work. So there's a progression there. I don't think, at least for most of us, that we jump from spending time with him to being able to raise the dead. I think there's a progression there. And I think it's a normal, expected progression. So have some ideas about what you want to learn and what you have already experienced and what you think about supernatural abilities. Again, a lot of people call them spiritual gifts. We're not going to. We're going to call them supernatural abilities. They're in your soul. But start thinking for yourself. What do you think? What do you think about you performing miracles? Why not? You raising the dead. Why not? Why not you? So drop me a line if you've got any questions or if you have answers to those questions. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.